Let's just get some levels. See where the levels are. I think it's pretty level here. That's not, that's not what that means. It leans a little bit this way. Okay, well, we're off to a great start. Talk with Matt Moraine, where I sit down with friends and strangers alike, have a drink, and talk of things both silly and serious. Yeah, I got the intro. I'm your host, Matt Moraine. Uh, with me tonight is a Redux. Redo? Re, well, Redux. That's the subject of my email to the Mallards Club. Uh, with me are my parents, Rick and Kathy Moraine. A Redux of episode, let's call it. 13, way back in December 2014. Welcome. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matthew. There you go. As is custom, we're going to start off with a high five. I'm going to try and do this double. Or you just put one down. We're going to do area up. So I'm going to let you come to me. Three, two, one. Well, that's pretty good. Yes, yeah. You made the thing pop. That's the important part. I was better. I'm the pop. Well, okay. We call it soda out here on the East Coast. Uh, my parents flew out. Nope. They drove out. Nope, they rode out here, but they're not riding out the storm, because this is special hurricane up top. Storm swells coming up the Florida coast! That, that's it. Back to you, Jim, in the studio. <laughs> He's the worst, his worst Florida field correspondent we've ever had. Uh, Y'all came out on Wednesday night, drove with your friend Gene who brought my piano, which you heard featured in the new recording of the theme song by my own father, Rick Murray. Mom and I watched. We're helpful. Uh, and you are now flying out tomorrow morning because of Hurricane Irma changing your plans. Great color, guys. We've, you've been here since Wednesday night. Let's run it down. What have we done? We went to dinner. You went to dinner. I worked from home. I took a day off. We we toured Red Hat. We toured Red Hat. We went to a Durham Bulls game. We went to a bookstore. We went to two bookstores. We talked a lot. Talked a lot. Played board games. Played board games. Had a girlfriend over. Mm-hmm. Made dinner. Had brunch. Had brunch. Watched TV coverage of the Watched hurricane. literally nonstop news coverage. Y'all are big fans of the news and we watching are. it. We are. Much my career. Right. I am, I am less about watching it, more about reading it. Right. Uh, mostly because I hate the same ads that play. And so, y'all are also, your favorite channel might be the Weather Channel, which I don't get. <laughs> but it, during hurricane time, no. those two things combine like a low-pressure system walking into a high-pressure system for a tornado of nonstop TV coverage. I would describe your dad as an MSNBC junkie. You gotta get your fix? Yep. Watch it 12 hours a day? Yep. Yep. Oh boy! Oh boy, is right. I don't. I could not have that on. There's a. It's just have issues with too much stimulation, and the news being on, just shouting terror. And now we're going to go and the the correspondents who are fighting against the rain, and then the Cymbalta ad, and then here's one for Celexa, and they all sound the same, like vague, made up, Latin, Roman terms. I take my book and I retreat to the porch many days. 
I would dig a uh, soundproof hole uh, in the front lawn. The porch can be a soundproof it, hole if it, I shut all the windows. Somebody it. has to protect the people of the United States, and that's my job. That, oh, okay. Hang MS, on. MSNBC, <laughs> so that I know that everything is okay. That's good. So you've upgraded from retired editor-publisher to Rick Moraine, Lord Protector of America. Absolutely. And political junkie. You are Oliver Cromwell for Iowa. Uh, there's a probably a better a better name, but I I don't know what it is at the moment. Oliver Crom not so well. <laughs> well, based on all the toast you eat, we'd call you Oliver Cromwell. How are we doing? Not well. <laughs> uh, scale of one to seventeen. How have you enjoyed your stay so far? Very much. That's that's not the, there's this, I, I laid out a very specific scale. No. Fifteen. 16.5. I'm sorry. What have I done wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, as y'all are flying out tomorrow morning at the crack of 6.40, figured we'd get this podcast in before then for posterity. Uh, On the podcast today, we're going to, uh, we took some questions from people on Facebook for my parents. Uh, We have a question for me from my parents. Uh, some general question. It's an interview podcast. I think we sort of gathered that. Uh, of course, we'll have to break for a quick commercial sponsor, which I'm very much <laughs> excited about. Uh, and the real or fake quiz this time around it takes us to things Matt did before he was 18. Are we ready for this? <laughs> and that's where oh, we'll, am I and ready? That's where we'll end. Uh, first up for you two, a little biographical information in case anyone hasn't heard the first one. I want you to describe, I want each of you to describe the other one, a total summation of their life in 21 seconds or less. Who wants to go first? Kathy does. Thank right, you. Fine. In five, four, three, two, dad, go. Rick decided not to teach at the college level and to come back to, to Jefferson to kind of be what his father was, which was a community leader, kind of making things better for others. And he has done that not only for the community, but for our family. He is a very kind person, very patient. Easier now that he can't hear. Time! <laughs> can't hear as well. I don't think I inherited the kind and patient part of that. Well, very good. Septuagenarians, the two of you. But he's older than I am. Not sure. Uh, Dad, 21 seconds to describe Mom. In. Five, four, three, two, mom. She's the most caring person that I know. She has raised four kids, one of whom is you, which no. shows how caring she is. <laughs> and uh, and she she is a was a medical social worker, retired after many years at the hospital as a medical social worker, and uh, uh, takes Time! care. <laughs> oh, finish your sentence. I want to hear what I want to hear more. And that's all. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to tune in for next time. All right, I say that's a pretty good. You have have you played along remarkably well uh, for such a touching one. I was going to give them other information, but I feel like you sort of covered it. Twenty-one seconds is a really short time to describe how wonderful you are. That's right. right. You well, needed a lot more time. I could get mine in in just twenty-one <laughs> seconds. All I needed was six. Yeah. I'm younger than she's still here. 
What's that left? Eighteen. <laughs> uh, okay, so that kind of that gives us a, a, a grounding point for it. Uh, I'm just going to start off with some softballs, and then get into it. Uh, what's the best use of a potato? I would say to clean a cast iron fire, uh, cast iron uh, pot. Dad. To clean a to clean a cast iron pot. All right. The correct answer is hash browns. Number two. Uh, what are you still boycotting to this day, and why? I'm boycotting Hobby Lobby and Chick Fil A because I don't agree with their politics. Now, to be more specific, Hobby Lobby's politics of uh, discriminating against gay people, or their politics of Stealing Iraqi ancient <laughs> religious I'd artifacts and losing I mean, them. For, for many of their politics. How's that? Okay. I don't think they have a good corporate culture. Mm-mm. Mm. Hang on. Would you say then <laughs> that the profession you would least like me to go into is hobby lobbyist? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch out for those hobby lobbyists. Mm. They're crafty. Yes, I would not want you to go into the hobby lobbyist profession. I would rather have you have one that has uh, has uh, paid health care. And I don't think hobby lobbying is, you, works that way. Got to go pro lobbying? You do. Yeah, it's it's you not do. amateur for that. That's sure. right. That was very well done. There you go. Uh, Dad, what are you still boycotting to this day? I'm boycotting Jordan Crick uh, Mall. In Des Moines, in West Des Moines, Iowa, there's a, there's a huge mall. Called, they call it Jordan Creek, but since I'm from rural Iowa, I call it Jordan Creek. Is there an actual Jordan Creek in that area? I have no idea. It sounds like idea. one of those made-up things they make for subdivisions. I like. have no idea. It's, it may be made up because Iowa does have a, a strong tendency toward religion, and yeah. Jordan, you know, sure. would have that... that so, uh, could you... Jordan, what did I see? That's right. Could you explain to me what your, what your idea of boycotting is? I mean, when you go to the Apple Store there, when you go to movies there, when you buy things at Yonkers... What, what part of that is not boycott? Is I don't. Boycott? I only go to those. I only. <laughs> I only go to those when I'm asked to do so by people like you. But you go to Apple. Only when I have to. Well, that's not what. That's not what boycotting is. Well, it's a soft boycott. Okay. <laughs> the worst thing to get stuck on uh, on a camping trip is a soft boycott. Oh, that was dreadful. Well, uh, I too am boycotting uh, Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby, although I wouldn't go to Hobby Lobby anyway. Well, you might. And about seven other places. I also boycott Mar-a-Lago. I haven't Yeah, well, that. sure. I also, I've, Since I've, the election of 2016, I have not I boycott the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Right. I'm technically boycotting the moon. Right. I turned down all invitations to the White House. I'm boycotting lottery winnings. I'm boycotting only because I don't have any. I'm boycotting being six foot one. <laughs> uh, when you picture me as an old man, what do you picture? I picture you as a as a magnet for people, a magnet for young and polarizing. Old. <laughs> uh, locked into that. Someone that people are drawn to because of your humor and your sensitivity. Sensitivity, you say? Mm-hmm. Well, we're 11 minutes into this podcast. I don't know that. <laughs> Let the record state. How about you? I picture you as a very contented 
man with a dog, with a comfortable home, to your liking, uh, with many good friends, and uh, enjoying life, whatever it might be, whether you're still working, whether you're you are retired, uh, and uh, I think you're probably a joy to the people around you. Probably. You're not. Neither of you are accurate. Uh, you don't know. You're not an old man yet. I have seen. I will. Out of spite, I will change what you said. <laughs> uh, I will be in a comfortable old home, to my liking, with a dog for sure. Probably at that point. Not this one. A senior bloodhound, or an old red bone coon. That's tired. The dog has to be tired all the time. Uh, I don't imagine having a lot of friends. I imagine uh, spending time on my front porch with uh, a whiskey and a glare, uh, uh, looking at the neighborhood uh, crypto nuclear zombie kids and saying, get off what used to be my lawn, uh, probably with a, a shotgun that doesn't fire. Nor does it. Nor is it actually there. It's just my imaginary shotgun. But I keep on oiling it. Uh, I don't. I don't intend to have all my faculties when I get. When I, get See, I like our versions of you better. Yeah, sure. I also don't think I'm going to make a past it. But we don't have to be around to see yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, we can. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. We, we've got a free pass mm-hmm. on this. Mom, when I'm old, I'm going to be the Pope. Dad, I'm going to be Ray Charles. There. <laughs> uh, on that note, what do you think happens when we die? I said we'd start out light. <laughs> That's really light. Go for it. I think we're dead. I think we're dead. I don't think anything happens. I think think we're dead. The first part of that, I think everyone would agree with. Yeah. Well, I don't care who agrees. I just I'm just saying, like, universally. It's not a very controversial thing. That's all right. I just think we're dead. I don't Mm -hmm. think anything happens after that except we decay. Mom? I don't know. I mean... I think there's some validity to what your dad said, but then there's some, I'd like to think that there would be an afterlife so that we could see our loved ones again, but it will just be a big surprise for me, or not. I like the wonderment. I like the, you're looking forward to a, a surprise vacation. I think we become dogs. Uh, what do you want me to do at your funeral? Come. Sure. Tell funny stories about me. Nice funny stories about me. Well, mourn. I'll give you half of that. Mourn, mourn if you're so inclined. Mm-hmm. Want me to be a wailing widow? No, just just be sad if if you're so inclined. Then I think you will be. Oh, sure. You could do a eulogy with your siblings. Not for mine. You can't. <laughs> that would be a wheelogy. A wheelogy. Okay. An us us usology. Okay. Yes. A wheelogy. If I'm allowed to mourn, am I allowed to eat? Oh, to what? Eve. Yes. Yes, you are. All right. So no one wants. No one has any song requests or do a tight five stand-up set. Play your trumpet that doesn't work anymore. You have how long since you've tried the trumpet? I played it during uh, a protest of the uh, North Carolina's HB two bill as part of the Air Horn Orchestra that shows up outside across from the governor's mansion back when uh, Pat McCrory was governor. Every Wednesday night. A group of people, usually between 20 and 70, would peacefully assemble for an hour because we had a permit from 6 to 7 on the sidewalk on the street right across from the government mansion. And people would play air horns, tubas, noisemakers, everything else, 
uh, for a solid hour in protest of HB2. Did the, did the protesters then pivot from Governor McCrory to you and your trumpet? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I was a delightful trumpet. The middle key did not work. So I had a limited number of notes I could play. So did you get out some oil that you probably I had? I tried. I would have been better off with a soldering iron. But that's the last time I played it. That's a fun protest, by the way. I'm trying to think of the notes that wouldn't play with the middle key. You're pretty well, limited. The middle key wasn't really the limiting thing. It was more of my 18 <laughs> years of, of lip atrophy that didn't quite do it. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to pivot into questions on Facebook. The last time we did this was December 2014. How have I changed since then? Your beard is redder and longer. And longer. I think that you are more confident in yourself. I think that it's you, the beard. I think that you were sad at that time, and I don't see that much, that, that sadness now. I think that you feel pretty content with your life, and you like your job, and you like your coworkers, and you like your friends, and... You pretty much like your life now. Not totally, but I mean pretty much. Your dog's older. Yep. Good observation. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) The technical passage of time has aged us all. Well done. All right then. The last question in this little segment, we'll take a quick break. What would people learn, start with dad, and then we're going to go to mom. What would people learn about mom? Did I say your names? Rick and Kathy? (laughs) Frederick and Kathleen? Social Security's 411. <laughs> what would people learn about mom after one year that they wouldn't know about her after one hour? That she's a deep thinker and that it's she knows... you down in 60 minutes, mom. And that she, <laughs> that she knows a lot about people, understands people very well, and knows how to deal with people when they're in crisis. Oh, so you're assuming in that hour we're not going to have a crisis. That's right. Odds are we're not. Well, good answer. Mom? I think that they would find that, that Rick is very generous with his time toward others and toward the community. That's probably something they wouldn't know in, a, in an hour. They would find that he has a lot of talents like, like playing the piano, like chess. Falling asleep. Falling asleep. He's a, a wonderful writer, and they may not know that in the first hour. But he is a very talented writer. Yes, it sort of depends on what that hour spent. Right. Yes. Spent drinking, probably they wouldn't know that he's a talented well, writer or pianist. Or, pen, yeah. And he's a wonderful grandpa. Oh. Or papa, as they call him. Well, there you are. Look at you two being sweet. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Save that. Make sure we don't lose any of it. Uh, and we'll be right back on the Up Topcast. Someone's phone keeps beeping. It must be mine. <laughs> it's not mine, mine's in the kitchen. And with that, we come roaring back. Oh, I know what I wanted to do at the beginning of each segment. <laughs> Are we live now? Oh, we're live. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, Dad, based on the game we played last night, I would like to get a nice clean mic capture of what it sounds like. When you squeak like a mouse. <laughs> that was Never a dumb game. Never heard uh-huh. something like that. And mom? Oh no. Oh yes. Oh no. You no. howled like a wolf, and I would like to get that here now too. Woo! Woo! 
<laughs> That's so unfair. A woo there. Mm-hmm. A woo there. That's your report. <laughs> That's what all the, the. I grew up in Minnesota. That's what we'll sound like. That's sure. Yeah. Are we on union scale on this show? Yeah, exactly. You're not SAG after. Uh, that was the game Voodoo, which is a Kickstarter game where you do a bunch of silly things. Uh, no way. And you pass around a doll. All right. We're going to go to questions from Facebook now. Not all the questions from Facebook. Well, no. No. Um, let's see. From. Cousin Mindy Moraine, <laughs> can we get an update on the maple tree? <laughs> I can do that. I think Mindy's talking about the big old maple tree that's in the southwest corner of our parking at home. Parking in the Midwest means yeah, Boulevard. Please. I don't know what it is. You're going to have to explain that first because Boulevard doesn't. The, the strip of grass or land after the sidewalk. Between the, the sidewalk, sidewalk and the, the street. Yeah. yeah. And we live in the house where I grew up. My folks bought it in 1944. Garage built in 1890. No, ni- 1912. But 1912. House, the but garage, the, no. There's a spot on the on the concrete as you walk in that says 1898. Well, your memory is different from ours, when you but get that's home, all right. Open the go open the, the damn it, doors it and says, look down. Mm-hmm, it, it says, says September 19, 17, 1912. 1912. But. That is not. That's absolutely not. We won't hope. We will not make a I bet on this. Home. Anyway, that has I nothing. I will bring my chisels. I will that, fly home. <laughs> anyway, that has nothing to do with the and tree. The house was built in 1901. Yeah. This podcast is not a linear story. This is the the, the six people it's who a limb, listen. No. Limb, story. It's I'm limited. telling the limier. Yeah. yeah the, oh, the oh, limier story about <laughs> the, about the maple tree, and it was old when when we moved in when I was three or four years old. And Dad hooked up a, a tire swing to one of the branches, which was high then, and that branch is long gone. Did you swing and, out over the street? And, well, no. Yeah, you no, it out was, of truck no, we 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 swung <laughs> we swung parallel to the street. So you swung over the sidewalk. No, we no, swung parallel the, to the street and the sidewalk between the sidewalk and the street. At any rate. Uh, the tree has lost many of its branches, and it's been blasted by lightning many times, and and it keeps losing its bark. And one big limb just the other day fell out into the street, so it's time to go. And the uh, Kathy called the city, which is responsible for removal of trees in the parkings, and they said, "Yeah, we agree, but there are forty trees ahead of you." So. So the time will come, but it hasn't been removed yet. But I wrote a column for the paper, the local newspaper at home, about the tree, uh, in the person of the tree. And I think Mindy's asking what the status is. And it hasn't changed. It just keeps getting older and more decrepit. And less. Sort of like me. I was going to say. <laughs> a lot like me. But vultures don't roost on your branches. No, they don't. Metaphorically. Uh, in the column, I said that the tree is losing most of the foliage on its crown, which is a lot like the author of this column, mm-hmm. which is true. And uh, hmm. what's, what's the what's the full name for someone named Chip? Like Chad is Chester. Anyway, something something any chip in an arbor. It's a chip off, off the old block, is what it is. Uh, from Kate Madalena, how do you like your end table? 
in the bedroom, the guest bedroom. It's lovely. Thank oh, you very much for making it. Uh, from Ashley Brothers, what age was Matt when he stopped wetting the bed? I don't know yet. How dare you? <laughs> I don't think he ever did wet the bed. How dare you? <laughs> did not wet the bed. And by the way, Ashley, the, the spiders are pretty much all gone. It wasn't Ashley. It was. Ashley Brothers. Oh, Ashley Brothers. All right. Tell her that the spiders are almost all gone. From Casey Stegman, if the universe is truly a simulation, how ought we understand the success of two and a half men? I never watched it, so I don't know. I can't compare. I am not prepared to answer that yet because I haven't yet delved into the finer points of that. At the next one of these, I will have the answer for that. Mm. I will say then, if that's if that's your plan, if that's truly your plan, then I will say let's never record another one of these so you <laughs> never have to watch an episode of that show. <laughs> I kind of like it. I've only watched mm -hmm. it about five times. Really? When? Yeah. Well, when you're not home. Oh, I guess. That would mean then uh, 15 men? <laughs> 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Well, there you go. It was never the... Matthew is my name, not what I'm proficient at. From Ashley Popio. True. How did you know that your spouse was the one? And for this, I assume the one meant for each other, not the second coming of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. or the one that was foretold or mm -hmm. any of the prophecies. Do you want to go first? You make me laugh. Um, you yeah. let me be the, the person that I really am. The true person. You are kind. You're gentle. And I know. I just knew you'd make a great dad. We are both uh, on our... This is the second marriage for both of us. And this one stuck. This one worked. And uh, I knew... I had a sense of, of what would work. And this... Uh, this one worked very well, and she continues. To, she continues to work. That. <laughs> how's, Rick, how's your wife? She continues to work. No, she's she's uh, she's a delight. She's wonderful with kids. Uh, ours, ours, and other people's. She. So you're saying she's wonderful, comma, with kids, and she's wonderful with kids. Both. Yeah. Yes. And, and I, I make you laugh. Well, let's not let's not unmake the progress we've made here. Let's not fill in <laughs> answers for each other. Uh, I will say I admire your relationship. You have a very the the most tense it ever gets is when one of you asks the other person several times over the course of say an hour to not do something or to do something, and then if it doesn't happen, you will you will uh, express that. Uh, Dad, you'll say, "Okay, well, you let me know when, whatever," and then you'll kind of go something off. And Mom, you will you will start answering for him, and that's that's about it. That's as far as it goes. Oh, I would say that the tenseness comes when we watch Iowa, Iowa State play football. I was going to mention that. Well, which I mean, we were really nice because we were around you. I was going to say it was a bit like it was a bit like boring parents and don't fight yeah, in front of the kids. We but. we usually aren't that nice to each other. Mom, what was the uh, score of that game, by the way? What was the score of that game? Went into overtime. That's not the answer. I don't remember because yeah, I was funny. washing your windows. Now, I was washing your windows, so I really didn't watch the end of it. Fair point. Moving on. Uh, from uh, from Andy Merrill, which is your favorite child, and why is it still Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever child we're with is our favorite. Hear that, Molly, Dan, and Dave? I got you. I got your parents. 
I got your dad and mom. I'm the favorite right now. <laughs> there is no such thing. No. Those, they don't exist. Okay. From Jordan Frith, alternative wording, in a Sophie's Choice scenario, who would they choose between you and David? <laughs> There's no choice. I answered this, the one that gave them, the one what gave them grandkids. And is their attorney. <laughs> yeah, but we have Dan who gave us grandchildren, and Molly who gave us grandcats. And, I mean... That's, well, okay. Yeah. Well, I know my answer for this one. There's no answer for that. Well, I'm going to edit. I'm, I have enough of your words recorded now where I can just go back in and edit this, and it's going to say, <laughs> my answer is, back you. <laughs> That's going to be that. Uh, for mom, from sister Molly Murray Phillips. Actually, I want to know the real story from Grandpa about Grandpa Ed and his Irish heritage. Grandpa Jean loved saying that Eddie isn't really Irish, but I could tell it was just to annoy him. And her ancestry info indicates his parents weren't born in Ireland, I think both, but that they were indeed Irish. They were. And we have names and, and histories of where they lived in Ireland. They traveled through Scotland to get to the United States. Do you... Now, hang on. <laughs> oh, okay. They didn't start in Ireland. They <laughs> traveled through Scotland to go to the United States. Yeah, they did. Do they know that Scotland is actually not closer to the United States than Ireland is? No, they, they didn't know that. They had a very poor grasp of geography. <laughs> they just started out. Yeah. Let's get to the water and see where it goes. Were they from what today is Northern Ireland, or were they no, from... Southern Ireland. From Southern, from County Boyle, where they come. I don't from? know where they, no, they, they were. were Southern we, Ireland. We did this once. They were up near Donegal, right? Someplace. Well, Donegal is 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 that Northern Ireland? It's it's in the north of Ireland, but it's not Northern Ireland. Okay. So okay, it'd be and, like there's a town in name a town that's in north the north part of South Dakota. Huron. I have no idea if you're right. No one knows if you're right or not. <laughs> no one knows anything. But it'd be Huron, South Dakota, which yeah. you say is north of yeah. in South Dakota. Honestly, don't know what other Huron or Theron. That's Well, Huron or, and Hizen and Huron right. is the... It's when you register for a wedding in South Dakota, you get Hizen and Huron bath towels. <laughs> That's pretty good. So we don't... We, we, we know that they are indeed Irish, but... Grandma just liked to heckle him mm-hmm. for fun. Well, she didn't really heckle him. I mean, maybe she did it once or twice, but no, not really. It wasn't like a... He was, because he was very, very proud of being Irish, and his dad had instilled that in him. How Irish was he in regards to pizza? He wouldn't eat He didn't it. eat pizza. He wouldn't eat anything that came... He wouldn't eat Chinese food. Because it was foreign food. Chinese well, food. Well, he was also diabetic. Which he used as a, as a great excuse for not trying things. <laughs> Being diabetic is a great excuse to be discriminatory against the Italians. So on Molly Murray Phillips's birthday, when I would make a lot of Chinese food, and they would always be there, we would have this big Chinese feast, and my dad would have a baked potato and, and pork chop, which I would make separately for him. Ironically, a baked potato and pork chop is probably more Chinese than the Chinese food we eat in America. He said, not knowing at all if it's true. <laughs> it's I heard that in here in South Dakota. It's not true. From Brother David Moraine, aforementioned attorney and better choice in this scenario, did Dad ever give any thought to running for political office, and did he ever get asked? Yes and yes. And you were um, the mayor. (laughs) Yes. Our mayor. (laughs) 
Our mayor, in July one year, left to take a beer distributorship in Sheldon, which is in northern Iowa. That's the most rural Iowa thing. <laughs> and, and we had a city council member who was going to run for mayor, and, uh, and the election was in November. So I said, well, I, I, was, I, would, I was covering all the city council meetings since I was with the paper, and I said, well, if you want somebody to run the meetings, I can be mayor and uh, until November, and then Charlie can, when he gets elected, because he had no opposition for mayor, mm -hmm. he could take over immediately, and I would resign. So I was mayor for five months. And got sued. And got sued. Hang on, what? <laughs> you were mayor for five months and you got sued? Yes. I mean, I we had mayor for a whole term. <laughs> we had... Uh, <laughs> Unless, the, is this just like a Jefferson resident who just sues everyone, no. every mayor every five months? No, it's okay. the, a Jefferson lawyer who does that. Dave? He, well, no. David, no. what are you doing? Stop. <laughs> no. The lawyer was representing a, one of his clients who was arrested by our police, one of our police officers for uh, uh, drunk driving. And uh, and he felt that, that he was treated poorly by the arresting officers. If you're arrested for drunk driving after the mayor leaves for a beer distributorship, wouldn't you just say, I was they, distributing beer in my own way? They were really not related. But uh, but the, the, the arrestee and his attorney sued each of the arresting officers, the city of Jefferson, the mayor of the city of Jefferson. Why not just throw in the governor and, and, and the... But, uh, if he had thought of it, he probably would. He's but waiting he, for the appeal. He oh, sued us in west of the Missouri. He sued us in both federal and state court. It was a $20 million lawsuit. What? And our insurance company uh, said, well, you know, we don't want to go to the trouble of defending this in court so no. so we will this is the city's insurance no. so we we want to pay him a modicum uh, for a settlement and we said well you can do that but we will no longer have you as our insurer if you choose to do that we will find another insurance this insurer. is the same reason that the u.s does not negotiate with terrorists that's so right. that we can't be held risk. that's right so we refused to do it, and the insurer backed down, and we went to court, and we won, oh. and the guy did some time in jail for doing it. But in my five months, I was part of a $20 million lawsuit. There's a Wikipedia There's something, line for it. That's something a, of an accomplishment. I, the, you know what? What, what? what did you ask me to do at your eulogy? Guess what? <laughs> no. For every month in office while mayor, <laughs> my father was sued for $4 million. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And the only other office that I've held is one in Iowa. We have what they call area education agencies. Out here, we call them boulevards. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, they they provide special education services and that kind of thing to school districts, local school districts, and the members of those boards are elected by the school districts. And we had a vacancy, and nobody else stepped up to do it so i am currently on my in my last month as a member of the AEA in that we that represents our school districts that's the only political office that i've held i had thought about it but it's tough for a newspaper person to 
to do both, to be a politician and a, an editor. Uh, Dave did not know I was going to follow up with this, but I would like both of you and each of you to, because uh, Dave has been approached several times about running for office. He is, for those who don't know, my brother uh, came before me and uh, filled the respectability quotient <laughs> so that I could do this goddamn podcast. He uh, is, a, is an attorney for, a, he's a very accomplished and, and dedicated rural attorney for our hometown. Uh, he now lives uh, just 40 miles, minutes south. East. He's a magistrate. South. He's a he's a magistrate judge. I turned him a gavel uh, when a magician was walking down the street. I turned into a grocery store. <laughs> I turned him a gavel out of an old uh, log from Grandpa's farm. Uh, so he is he is he wears the robes. He's a father of three. Has a golden retriever. Pitch perfect for a brochure, provided no one ever sees the contents of our text messages. He'll be fine. Or or meets the dog. Or meets the family. Look, I'm not editing that out. You're <laughs> saying that. Uh, give either your your campaign uh, pitch for why you should elect Dave Moraine to uh, X office, or say what his qualities would be that would make him either a good politician or a poor one, or what office he would be good for but bad for. I think he may, would make a very good judge. Um, I guess judge. I know, but uh, further up. The latter. Up judge. Yeah, like a, like a state Supreme Court judge. He's very fair. He's very fair minded. Sometimes too fair minded in my. Like, he didn't think that I he, that I really had stopped at that stop sign, and that's why I got the ticket. But Hang I, on. I had. Let's. Okay. Nope. We're going to talk about this now. You rolled through a stop sign. Did you go before the magistrate to have it heard? No, but did I, he issue a ticket against his own mother? No, in he court? didn't. No, he didn't. But what it was, it was, it was a right turn on red, and I thought I'd come to a stop. It was a, a one of those cameras, traffic cameras, oh. that caught me. And I said, "Look at this! See, I stopped." And he said, "No, you didn't." Was there traffic cameras in Jefferson now? No, isn't there? we got a stoplight. We don't have thirteen. We're not going to have cameras. But he said, technological no, change. I mean, so, he's, no. so he's very fair-minded. He really is, and he's. He really respects the law. Mm-hmm. I could but, make that into a more concise no, statement. I would say that's a like that is the when you get those pamphlets for uh, electing judges in North Carolina, no one ever knows who the judges are. So the in that statement, you have to say, like you have to read into what they're saying, and if you're like fair kind of thing, and I would say once even uh, denied his mother the chance to get out of the ticket, I would leave it at that. Plus, on Thanksgiving, he made. Pumpkin pies to take to the prisoners in jail. Well, now it does seem like he's running for office now. <laughs> no, I mean, he wasn't, but those are prisoners. They couldn't vote. But it should be added that Iowa does not have popular election of judges. They don't have popular elections at all. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa has a system whereby the judges, anybody, any attorney who wants to become a judge, puts his or her name up. And then the names go to the Judicial Nominating Commission. For the young folk on the podcast right now, this is like the Goblet of Fire and the Triwizard Tournament in Harry Potter. Right, right. And the Judicial Nominating Commission interviews anyone who wants to become a judge for when there's an opening. And then the Nominating Commission will nominate two of those people to the governor. And the governor makes the decision. 
on whom to name to the judge position. And then every four years, six years, whatever it is, that judge stands for re-election from the people. The people vote whether to retain the judge right. or it's whether like, to it's, whether it's to kick the subscription. Right. Or whether to kick him or her off the bench. Uh, it's I don't think Iowa has yes, we have. Iowa Oh yeah, we recall yes, after we did. legalized gay marriage. That's mm-hmm. right. Iowa re, Iowa had a yep. recall for three members of the Iowa Supreme Court after the court voted to to permit uh, uh, same-sex marriage, marriage equality in Iowa. The fifth we, state we the nationwide to do it, the first one outside nationwide. of New England. That's right. And do you the, know what the three judges said when they got recalled in the corn state? Oh, shucks. <laughs> I was going to say, it was a, a movement started by misguided people who could not understand why that would be a fair thing to have. To be clear, the movement to recall them, not yes. that. Mm-hmm. just want to make sure that you're on the record for the right one. And then subsequent to that, they tried again. It was a 5-4 decision, and they removed three of them when they came up in the in the immediate uh, cycle after that decision was handed down. But two years later, when another one of the judges came up for retention, people retained that judge and did it again for the fifth judge later on. So that train has left the station nationwide and in Iowa. But we had signs made. Just say vote yes for retention, and then other people saw them and had signs made too. And now you can keep them for uh, bulwarks of landscaping walls. Whatever. I mean, you've got you got options. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I think he would be made unmade by uh, any number of scandals involving his brother. I am the. Uh, You're the Billy Carter. I'm the or... Billy Carter. <laughs> What's the? Who was Clinton's brother? What? Was... Not that he needed one to. Didn't he have a Billy, too? I don't know. Well, he's Bill Clinton, so... All right, so maybe it wasn't Billy. But it was something like that. Something like that, yeah. Matt Clinton. No. (laughs) That's mine. Uh, Well, we're going to do the last one here from this, and then we're going to move on. From Ashley Brothers again, when did you learn about Matt's pun problem? I mean, talent. Very early on. I think we've always known. Well, okay, hang on. (laughs) Let's not turn this into a chronic disease. Although, that's fair. But... But I think you came by it honestly. I mean, some of the rest of us in the family have that tendency. Which is also. to say, I didn't, I didn't accidentally kick a bog witch and then get cursed. Right, with it. No, fall down a well and, and <laughs> got kicked by a mule. Yeah, went right back. All right. Uh, I, for my own, it's been at least thirty years. I can't. I can't remember you not doing it. Yeah, but. which is just exhausting. For me and everyone around me. That's the reason why I won't be surrounded by a lot of friends at the end. It'll just be a dog who has gone deaf by choice. (laughs) All right, shifting gears slightly. uh, For the question for me from my parents. I don't know if you remembered that I asked you to do this. Well, it's about 50 50 chance. What's something you thought we did well as parents, and what's something you thought we didn't do well? And you've had time to think about <laughs> you've had time to think about this. All the other questions to us were just kind of thrown at us. I'm gonna start with the negative. My airing of grievances. And then if there's time at the end. <laughs> what are we at? Forty three minutes? Okay, great. I've got time. Uh, I I think I wasn't um, I think you, you you praised my my wit or intelligence or ability to think my way out of problems. Uh, which is good, but there wasn't enough balance for 
praising hard work. And I think because of that, my work ethic then developed such that rather than, say, do the six hours of work, I would spend four hours trying to figure out a way to get out of the six hours of work. And that has, has bit me, uh, I think, in a couple of ways, uh, finishing projects around the house where I will get excited and start something and then go, I, just, it's, I could do it, but what's the, the point? But it, it also has given me, the like some people wake up and they go, uh, 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 Teddy Roosevelt would talk about the, the, one of life's uh, great joys and rewards was was the the quality of was the was the the gift of of good work worth doing, and so he had sort of that kind of. Of course, he had asthma, and I didn't. But I would say that would be the thing. Like if I could do something different, would be work at it. But then that would come at the cost of the things you did really well, which were unconditional love, for some reason. Uh, always uh, nonstop support. You would always come to. You would come to my high school baseball games when I would ride the bench. Uh, as the backup second baseman, after I loved playing JV, I was great at JV, a solid JV. And then I moved to varsity. I never played, but you came to support somebody shouting from the bench, and you didn't have to, but that was the thing you did. Went to all my jazz band, went to all my show choir, went to all my band things, all my speech things, which I'm sure was exhausting. It was like having a, it was like going to hockey or soccer games, but if you're in, but when your child isn't athletically gifted, uh, so that. I think setting a good example, uh, both individually and as a couple, of, of what to aspire to. Allowing a, a engendering a, a large degree of trust with me, sort of, sort of, we raise you in a certain way, we trust you to act that way out, and we trust that uh, you won't fail us, or we trust not to tell us when you do. <laughs> Which is a little bit related to our uh, final segment, but we'll get to that in a while. <laughs> I'd say that, Mom. I'm sure there's you had something you want to say. Uh, wouldn't you say we also did this or Mm-mm. did the, the other part? How's that tip you? Good. A little silent over there now. I feel like I maybe left something out. Get a little worried. I don't. I don't think I ever felt toward you that. You know, don't fail us. I mean, right. I didn't, come home on a shield I wasn't or not putting, at all. Yeah, I wasn't putting. I I didn't. Don't think I put that guilt load. You weren't Soviet generals saying no. go forward and die, or no. we'll shoot you when you come home. No, yeah. I mean it wasn't. It wasn't about us. You know? We did point out to you that everyone knew you in town, so that if you did something wrong, maybe sure to tell us. You made you made very much clear that if I were to get arrested or even get a ticket, that. Because people would come into the paper and ask to have their names kept out. Yep. And you would use me as an example and say, look, if my child does anything, he's going yep. front and center, so why yep. would I give it for you? Because yep. I did that with myself when I and had speeding me. tickets. And with did you write a story about when you were the mayor and you got the Joe, Joe DUI sues Mayor Rick Moraine for $20 million? No. Well, no. No, I didn't. We didn't, we didn't normally run civil suit information. Is the statute of limitation? Well, I don't even know what that means. That's probably expired on that. You could write your column on that. Yeah, the time I got sued for $20 could. million. I could. All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm very proud of the way you raised me. All the rest of the stuff I take on as my own feelings. I think you've developed into a very caring person. And I I, I look at you and I see the things that, that you do for others, um, not just for friends, but for doing things like... Uh, putting the carts back at, at Harrison Teeter or 
um, volunteering at Planned Parenthood or doing those kinds of things. I'm helping friends. Well, I wasn't fishing, but I like what I caught. Um, let's move on then to our up top quiz. But before that, of course, the one of the great tragedies of, of doing your own podcast is that it's really hard to come by money. There's hosting fees, there's equipment, there's uploading, there's... And, and don't, don't you pay your guests? And it, yes, of course, there's a per diem waiting for you at the end of this podcast. If you're leading up to charging us for this, forget <laughs> it. By the way, we're passing the hat. Kai, lock the doors! But from time to time, I have to reach out for sponsorships. And of course, the, the the people who are willing to, to sponsor something like this are <laughs> few and far between. So I have to take what I can get. So, and, and I'm forced to read the copy as is. I can't change what they give me. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna read. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for this. It's so yeah, embarrassing. Sure. Mm-hmm. I apologize. <clears throat> Support from up top comes from Handles Messiah. Handles Messiah. Why say something once when you can repeat it 11 times? Handles Messiah, you know the one song, now hear the other 53. Handles Messiah, butcher your alto aria, and you too shall be despised. Handles Messiah, we know you've been considering adopting a flock, but you're wary about buying from a breeder. Your worries are over, for we like sheep, and we've got astray. Handles Messiah, Reminding Gus Johnson that despite his best efforts, the youth of today aren't impressed with his inappropriate antics. And for untoward Gus, a child is bored. Oh my god. And finally, Candle's Messiah. Can we take back some of the things we said? Who strongly condemns the recent trend of giving famously unsettling illustrated black and white books of art to men named Todd, or the contribution of portions of dirt portals. So from everyone here at Handles Messiah, we cannot stress this emphatically enough. Don't give gory to Todd in the slightest, or a piece to his peephole of earth. (laughs) That is absolutely dreadful. (sighs) We had such great hopes for him, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> Are we done with this segment? They've got a stray, you see. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> there it is. Now, of course, I picked this one because why? God only knows. Yeah, ha- hang on. There's a, a reason why we do what the why handles Messiah means something. In our family, in my family. In our family. But from my parents, 60 years ago, they started a tradition with two other couples of getting families together to sing the Messiah at Christmas time. And families would get together and other people would come and we'd sing through Messiah. And my brother Tom would play the piano part and sometimes I would do some. And we kept that up for decades. And we took it over then when when mom and dad were no longer able or around to do it. And it was a great thing, great sure. tradition. And we think our children enjoyed it too. We did. Even though from the 
maybe early on we didn't so much uh, appreciate it. But I would call in after I moved away. I would call in and you would put it on speaker so I could hear it. Mm-hmm. So it comforted me. <laughs> You know, I always wondered what I'm going to do with those 20 Messiah books, and now I know I'm going to put Matthew's name on them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, well, I will try and uh, make it back at least two times this Good. year, for that will be my second coming. The Up Top Quiz now, coming to us, of course, on the Up Top Quiz. It ranges from uh, general trivia to, uh, uh, who am I kidding? It's usually always real or fake. I have prepared for you. Does anyone have a pen? Okay, we got a pen. I'm going to keep track of... How well y'all do. This is terrible copywriting. All right. Uh, I have 18 questions for you. Appropriate, because the category is real or fake, things Matt did before he was 18. Now, the premise is sort of simple here. I'm going to read you a statement of a thing that happened to me before I was 18, and you tell me if that's a real thing or a fake thing. Are you ready? Yes. Do you, do you want to take individual bets of how many you think you're going to get right? We're going to, we're going to, they're not going to alternate back and forth. We're going to, we're going to, you're going to decide as a, as a group. You're going to have to come to a consensus. Well, no, oh. some, some days we'll disagree. Can't we each have our own answer? No. No. Because we are individual we will, But we will work it out. No, we won't. Look, all that's, all that horseshit at the beginning about how much you love each other. <laughs> that, that comes into play here. This is like. Cyclones and Hawkeyes. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. okay it's 18 questions, 18 right? 18 questions. I think uh, 12. I think 9. Okay, well, let's take that down and see who's who. Yeah, hold on. All right. <clears throat> Number 1. Burned my eyebrows off in a gasoline fire. True. False. Is it true? Mm-hmm. Okay. True. That is correct. I was burning leaves in the driveway. Okay. They were wet. Dave said it won't start. I said, I know. Dumped a bunch of gas in there and then got real close up. Oh, okay. And lost my facial recognition. Okay. Two. At the age of 15, punched a janitor at the nursing home. False. False. That's correct. Uh, number three. I shot pop cans in the garage attic with a twenty-two rifle. True. True. That's true. I lost my hearing for a while there. Turns out... Where did you get a twenty-two at age... I learned it from watching you! From from your closet. Did I have one then? I bought a... No, okay. I bought a twenty-two when I was uh, about 12 or so from Andy Ellsworth. Okay. It was his old one. Okay. And then I, I always use that one because I didn't want to use yours. Okay. Okay. You're three for three, by the way. Not a great start. Number four. Fell off the back of my sister Molly's bike because she didn't secure the child seat True. and landed back of the head first on the concrete. True. I have never been in a, in a bigger position of power with her than when that happened. Because right afterwards, just, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, don't tell mom, don't tell mom, don't, okay, I'll give you anything you want, candy, you want candy, ice cream, I'll give you candy, I'll let you listen, I'll let you watch my stories. See, but don't tell mom, not don't tell dad. Oh yeah. You were the enforcer of the two. And you used to say, you wait till your father gets home. And I was like, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm good with that. <laughs> He'd say, oh, whatever. Absolutely. That's not good. Five. At the age of 12, my sister, 18 at the time, got me drunk for the first time. False. I hope it's false. 
You saying false? I hope so. That is false. (laughs) (laughs) Number six. At the age of nine, shoplifted anthropomorphic ceramic figurines from Ben Franklin and then reverse shoplifted them back on the shelves at the age of ten. True. True. Did you know I did that? Did I tell you about it or did you suspect? It just sounds like you. But see... No, hang on. <laughs> but see, do you remember that David took some candy from the store yeah. and came home? Yeah. And then you took him back and made him apologize yeah. to the and give it back? Yeah. I had such a collection of woodland creatures on my shelf, prominently displayed on my bookshelf. I don't know why these things. I just walked by and I thought, that's a thing. Because I was, I was desperately looking for a sense of identity. I didn't know what my identity was. And I thought I had to collect something. David, baseball cards. Well, I had CDs and tapes. And I was like, I will collect so collecting woodland creatures made you a person. Anthropomorphic. Uh-huh. So like they were like owls that had aprons on and like badgers <laughs> with a with a with a broom. They were all it's like precious moments but for the woods. It was like Bambi's precious moments. But you had trolls. Okay. I had troll dolls too. That wasn't part of it. Those those were a whole fad. But this was I think I had at one point like 17 or 18. They had little family units. What, it was a whole thing. What did you do with them? I reverse shoplifted them back. I took them one by one into Ben Franklin and put them back on the shelves. Okay. When I would walk, I would go in and I would go over by it. I would take one and kind of hold it up. Oh, that's interesting. And then walk around, slip it in my pocket. And then my, my way out was I would come back and I would go, Have either of you seen, you, have either, has anyone here seen my parents? Rick and Kathy Moraine? No? Okay. And then I would leave. So that was true. Or we're perfect so far. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Horribly embarrassing. But I returned them all. At 13, right after an ice storm, learned to drive at the Holden Farm with the red F-150 in the frozen pasture, taking turns with Brian and his younger brother James, and rotating driver, passenger, and lying flat on top of the cab, holding onto each side as we drove 45 miles. True. That's absolutely true. I don't know how anyone, how any child in Iowa makes it out alive. Yep. It's just not, it shouldn't... Only the strong survive. Yeah. I learned how to drive stick that way, though. At 14, with Dave's insistence, drove uh, his and my car, the 1990 Plymouth Horizon that we painted black with two white racing stripes to look like a skunk, drove our car to and from Scranton to impress a girl. True. False. True. Can I find a consensus? False. David wouldn't do that. Okay, false. That was false indeed. Uh, one, the car couldn't make it <laughs> from right. Scranton. That's right. It could make it to, That's but not from. That's right. No, it couldn't even make it yeah. to Scranton. The That's radiator right. could go 11 miles. That's right. That's right. And the true part of that is, uh, it wasn't to and from Scranton, it was to and from Brittany Atwood's house. I drove that, that car was... all by my... He, he stopped off at the alley, and he... Turned the car, he turned the car off, got out of the car, and flicked the keys at me like he was, uh, what's the Dean, who's a rebel without a cause? Oh, Jimmy Dean, James J- Dean. James Dean, like he was James Dean, just flipped and goes, hey kid, why don't you drive her the rest of the way? And it's like, well, okay. And then I drove that. But not to Scranton. So I'd like to say, Dave wouldn't do that. But Maybe he did, Scranton, yeah. But, but to, yeah, out there. To Oris's. Uh, wanted to be a dentist. True. That's true, sadly. Uh, I should have called this tooth or false. <laughs> Number 10. 
got into a fist fight after a high school football game at Dallas Center Grimes. False. 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 That's correct. Well, all right. At around 8, walked around to houses around the Kelso Park area with a friend asking for donations to start a soccer team. Is that 8 o'clock or age 8? Age 8. It was the friend Andrew White? No. True. False. No, we got to decide. True. I will give in. True. That is true. Uh, lost interest in starting said soccer team a week later and forgot to return the money. True. True. Also true. Felt real bad about that one. And how much money had you made? Like 13 bucks. But what still, did you do with the money? I think it's better on candy. I don't know. Look. I don't remember candy. <laughs> She was the babysitter everyone wanted. Excuse me. Candy was the adult male bunny that uh, was in cast in ceramic, and he had just this gorgeous set of eyeglasses. I remember the adult male bunny. <laughs> well, there's a sentence out of context. Yes, but we may want to discuss that at some point. Well, I don't remember who I got the money from, so I can't really return it to him, and I'm pretty sure half of them are dead, so... Statute of Limitations. I will also say that I kind of wish I had expanded that collection because <laughs> my ceramics were a statue of limitations of sorts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What are we doing? <laughs> you agreed to this. Well, I don't even know if you did. I just sort of there, you do have limitations. Yes, thank you. At 17, when you went out of town for two days on vacation and left me alone, had my girlfriend and three other couples over for a makeout party, and we drank a bottle of peppermint schnapps we had in the liquor cabinet, which I then refilled with water because it was clear. False. Really? I thought it was a cool... Yeah, that's true. The reason that's false, I didn't have a girlfriend at 17. <laughs> and we didn't have peppermint schnapps in the liquor cabinet. That's not true. You did. Really? Yeah. What were you doing with that? Drinking it? Was, it was left over. Maybe Francis cut off. Hmm. Number 14. By the way, you guys are... Uh, you have not missed one yet. With two other middle school students at the age of 13, sat around a community leader's table with two other adults taking turns telling dirty, racist, and sexist jokes. False. False. True. Really? Yep. I'm not going to name names. But all right. it, looking back in hindsight, a terrible thing to happen. That's all right. We're talking about your failings, not yeah. ours. I was 13. We're not, we're not going to go the other way. I was 13. I knew the best jokes. Yeah. And where was the community? No, I'm not telling that. Was it the barbershop? No, no. It, was at a, it wasn't like at the mayor's office. It was... At the the home table of a member of uh, like of the of a leader in the community, like their kitchen table, okay, had to be there. I learned. I learned. I knew. I have. I have not been able to retain AP calculus or any of the piano music I learned. But every joke I've ever heard, yeah, I've retained it. Yep. Number fifteen. At my Catholic youth group, around fifteen, sold bags of oregano that I said were marijuana to other kids for twenty dollars a pop. No. False. <laughs> I was hoping that one might even just give you pause. Number 16. Three left. Took money from your dressers without you knowing, like, all the time. I never had money in my dresser, so... False. We didn't keep money on the dresser. True. Mom, you kept quarters in there, or maybe you didn't realize it because they were gone. (laughs) 
Dad, I took dimes from you because I thought you counted your change. Okay. In fairness, I had to start a soccer team. Okay. Yeah. At age 14, got in-school suspension for a day over an indecent exposure misunderstanding. True. The same day I was getting my picture taken for an outstanding scholarship and leadership. Oh, oh true. 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 And who had to come take that picture? True. Your father. That's right. Yes, and that father that called up and said, you deal with them, I can't. <laughs> now, what had happened was, it was three days before I was leaving for Poland for a sister city cultural exchange where I was singing and dancing as part of a group of 16 students. I walked out into the hall to get something from my locker, and I had the brilliant idea that I was going to walk back into class with my shorts slightly pulled down, mooning, in effect, Andrew, and I was going to walk by and lift my shirt up, then pull my pants up. Hilarious joke. What I didn't realize was that all of the laundry that I would normally wear was packed in my suitcases for Poland. And so I was subsisting on old t-shirts that were very short and shrunken. So I did not have the coverage that I assumed I had. And while I was out in the hallway preparing my hilarious goof, I pulled my pants down about three inches, and our school guidance counselor saw me from a hundred feet down the hall and just screamed, You get in here right now! And you did. Yep. And another student, unrelated to this whole thing, just said, like, hey, man, what's going on? Heard that and went, <laughs> like, took off. Thought that was a co-conspirator. And then I learned, it's always better to tell the truth, because I tried to invent, because uh, I was, of course, a good kid, and I couldn't be in trouble. And I tried to invent excuses, like... I can't imagine what you would have said. I had an itch. I had, I had two... You did. I had two parallel itches. You did have. Uh-huh. I must have had bugs. I had two parallel itches back by my hindquarters, and I reached down with my thumbs to scratch it, and she just happened to catch me at that moment. Which, in, in hindsight... Well, in hindsight... In hindsight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's Pretty right. terrible excuse. That's right. I should have just said, look, I was going to pull a hilarious goof. Uh, I didn't realize my short was too short. My intention was pure, and I didn't want to move anyone. I sincerely apologize for my actions, and I will accept the punishment. But instead, I lied, and I think that's why I got And then you, proud father... <laughs> came to take my picture at the middle school. I remember being there and not looking at you the whole time. Yeah, you didn't look at me at all. The camera did not focus. (laughs) And you went off to a baseball game and and told me that I had to deal with it. And that was true. Mm -hmm. It's a fun tour through the highlights of my youth. Finally, number 18. While in Poland for the Sister City Cultural Exchange that I mentioned, where I sang and danced as part of a troupe across the country, visited the concentration camp at Auschwitz, where I punched a janitor in the face. False. Very false. False. <laughs> but you did eat a raw fish. Not at the concentration camp, no. but yes. I was just trying to say, there's three points in here where I punched someone in the face, and mm. apparently at no point did you believe that I was no. pugilist. So, add no. up our score. You got 16 right and two wrong. That's not bad. So I was closer. It's not a competition. What do you mean you were closer? What do you mean it's not a competition? You asked us each. I, that was more for sport. I guess sport is a competition. Yeah, I was, I was the one that kept saying, no, that, no, you're wrong. And, yeah, and you I would, helped me. Well, in, yeah, in fairness, Dad said 12, knowing that you would know the right answer to these things. Yes. So, well, this has been Up Top Part 2 Redo <laughs> with the parents. Uh, I, this, I'm so used to doing my other podcast, there's something to say at the end here. I honestly have no idea what it is I'm supposed to say. Well, I enjoyed it very much. I did, too. And I thank you for taking us in. We're 
orphans in the storm, yes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yes, doing a podcast with you is is small, whole, small that's, recompense that's the hurricane for, you for having you get up at quarter after four in the morning to take us to the airport. Now, well, that hasn't happened yet. Don't, don't count your don't count your ceramic chickens yet. <laughs> <laughs> for all of you who submitted questions, I want to thank you for helping the content of this podcast. For my brother, good luck running for political office now that this is out there on the airwaves. For my sister. Really disappointed you didn't get me drunk at 12. And <laughs> I want to thank you all for listening. This has been Up Top with Matt Moraine. We're going to go for a high five again. This time you put your hands up and I'll come to you. And just, just one of them, Dad. Just... <laughs> I was yeah, hoping I, you'd get three. I, I, I go hard on them. You do. High fives. This has been Up Top with Matt Moraine, episode 27. <laughs> September song mm-hmm. by the Septemberists. I don't know. It's a very old song. Well, thank you. With your permission, I'll use some of that for the podcast. Certainly. Certainly. And, and that's another thing that I really admire about him. I mean, you can name a song if you can sit down and play it pretty well. It was written before. Your bowl. Tell you what. We're going to see how much of this passed on. I'm, I'm going to take you on, on this post. I'm going to put this as a hidden track on this episode. Mom, you name me a song, and I'll play it on the piano. <laughs> okay. Um, night and day. Night and day. And first there came night, then day. That's the Next request. That's the difference. <laughs> That's the difference between night and day. Well, how about a Christmas carol mm-hmm. that you would know? Sure. How about Silent Night? Mm, I heard a Christmas carol. Hmm. 
Bambino Whoa, I'm so glad we came up this with this is, idea. This is why we brought the This is why I had the piano. This is why, and this is why we gave him all those years of piano lessons. Yeah. Go ahead, name one more. <laughs> I'll let your dad do it. I've done two. Dad? We Three Kings. If he plays this straight, I'll be very surprised. Oh my gosh, he's got it. I think it's 34 down is lemon. He's got it. By George, I think he's got it. Nope. 